Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hey everyone, on this week's episode, I'm joined by a true world traveler, adventure seeker, travel expert, and a destination marketer. A person with a genuine smile on her face who is passionate about exploring the world and sharing her life stories online. Sarah Gallo, also known as the Five Food Traveler. As of today, Sarah has explored over 115 countries and visited all seven continents. She has celebrated New Year's Eve on Copacabana Beach in Rio de Janeiro, jumped off the world's highest bungee bridge in South Africa, traveled around New Zealand in camper van, and swam in cold waters of Antarctica. I had a pleasure of meeting Sarah a few months ago during her stay at one of the hotels in Southern Florida, and after a short conversation about traveling and social media, she got me excited. I'm very happy to share with you her life story, where she has traveled to, and her tips on traveling around the world on a budget. So Sarah, welcome to the Journey to Freedom podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive into the travels and adventures, I just want to thank you a lot for, you know, for your time. I know you're a very, very busy person. So thanks a lot. Really, really appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. So last time we spoke, you were visiting two really amazing places that I've been fortunate to visit as well. And I think it should be on a bucket list for pretty much everyone. One is, one is Aruba in the Caribbean and the other one is Dubai in the Middle East. How did you enjoy both of them? How was the, the travels? Yeah. So, I mean, they were amazing. It's very different traveling uh, amidst COVID and they were both for business. I, I do want to put it out there because I know that there's a bit of stigma around traveling right now. So everything, obviously, th- th- they were for essential meetings and uh, done with proper yeah. safety care, uh, PCR tests and everything like that. But they were incredible. I was really amazed, honestly, at the way that the countries have adapted amidst the pandemic. Uh, Aruba had very, very strict measures in place. We had to get a PCR test um, within 72 hours before leaving. We had to get health insurance there. We got our travel insurance. We had to get, obviously, our test before we got back to the States. And they did an amazing job, though, of making life feel normal. Because once you were there, because all of the uh, tourists had to be tested uh, by Aruban law, it was incredible. So, of course, we all still practice social distancing and mask wearing in public and things like that. But it really was normal. And it was the first time in about a year that life felt normal. And so we were able to, you know, sit on the beach, have this beautiful blue water in front of us and just kind of like take that breather, which is so, so important. Important. Sounds like a paradise. Oh my gosh, it is. And from Florida, it was a two and a half hour flight, two hours, 45 minutes, something like that. So it was super easy, direct flight from Miami. Uh, definitely a good first trip out of the country. Uh, for me, it was my first flight in 11 months, which is uh, the longest I've gone in probably about 10 years. And then Dubai was equally amazing. They also had very strict measures in place to ensure our safety. I could see the Burj Khalifa from my hotel. Wow. That was because of a lot of the restrictions, a lot of my meetings were actually Zoom meetings in the area, but I've been to Dubai before. It's an incredible, incredible city. I've spent quite a lot of time there. If anybody 
goes sooner in the near future, you have to go to the top of the Burj Khalifa. It's, oh, for sure. It's an amazing view. The, view. the view from up there is just so neat. And the and the trick, the little the little trick is to get to get to schedule the time slot that is right before sunset. So you're up there in daylight, sunset and darkness. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really beautiful there. And of course it's a very different culture from the states which is part of what i absolutely love about it yeah especially going right there i remember um i was there back in 2000 i think so 18 or 17 quite some time ago before the whole coronavirus Mm -hmm. happened going there first of all the view it's amazing but also the elevator trip right (laughs) yeah it's one of the fastest elevators that goes there within like a few seconds or minutes right i'm pretty sure it's the fastest elevator in the world don't quote me on that but i think there's some crazy stat with the elevator yeah crazy crazy that's so yeah. good i'm glad you had fun <laughs> both of those places sound really amazing uh, definitely worth visiting yeah yeah for those who are listening to podcasts right now and don't really know your story um you know the five food traveler right that's that's your 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 name that's your brand name that's how you market yourself mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that as well yeah absolutely so i'm five feet tall if you haven't figured that out yet <laughs> um i came up with the five foot traveler back in 2013. i actually used to have a 10-year debilitating fear of flying uh came over my 10-year debilitating fear of flying decided to study abroad first studied abroad in florence italy realized my life was forever changed. I had to incorporate travel somehow. I didn't know how I was really going to do that. Um, So I just decided to study abroad a second time in Buenos Buenos Aires, Argentina. And leading up to that trip, I applied for a scholarship at NYU to write a travel blog for the semester. And it was supposed to be distributed to NYU faculty and students. And lo and behold, I won the scholarship to keep the travel blog uh, for my semester in Buenos Aires. And uh, I always had every intention of sort of climbing the corporate ladder in New York City and and doing publicity and PR and everything like that. But then uh, after being offered the jobs that I was offered, I was just kind of like, you know what? I think I want to give this travel thing a try. And this was way before the word influencer existed or anything like that. Um, This wasn't a common path to take and i had no idea what i was doing i didn't really have anybody to lean on at the time i didn't have any mentors i just kind of had to figure it all out my own and so i decided ultimately after my semester in buenos aires i decided to continue my travel blog the five foot traveler and see where it led me and ultimately it led me my first big destination was south africa and that was part of a two-month trip where i camped through south africa namibia botswana and zimbabwe and uh, that's where I had my first ever partnerships. And that was all, already back in 2014 uh, is when I had my first brand partnerships. And it just kind of took off from there. And I always kind of expected to go back to the corporate world. But yeah. then my brand just continued to grow and grow. And I realized I loved the freedom of working for myself. I loved being able to dictate my own schedule, my own hours, my own rates, my own everything, while also being able to help um, help destinations, uh, whether it was through photography, through exposure, through even just showcasing places that so, so many people don't even know about. And yeah. it just kind of took off from there and, and developed into this full-blown company that I've run since 
2013. Amazing, amazing. So no more five nine to five jo job for you ever. I have actually never had a nine to five nine to five job. Wow, yeah, I uh, because I started this in college and. In college, I bartended to save up money to fund my original travels. So mm -hmm. I used to bartend 80 hour weeks for about two months a year to be able to save up enough cash to be able to take on these travels. And then uh, once I started my business, it was kind of smooth sailing from there and I That's never cool. looked back. So I know I'm in that very small category of people that never really worked the nine to five. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm very, very, very grateful for that. And I understand that that's quite a privilege in and of itself. That's good. Wow. I, I love that. But, you know, Thank like you. you just, yeah, just like you said, um, a lot of people, I think a lot of people really think that when you have, when you want to travel around the world, you have to be super rich or have the money, you know, save money for like a few months or years and they can travel. Not a lot of people actually really go out of that comfort zone and, and travel the world. And especially in this podcast, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I want to make sure that people really understand that it's it's possible to travel around the world for not, you know, not a lot of money, right? Um, you don't really have to be rich. For me, thankfully, I've been yeah, fortunate absolutely. enough to take advantage of those like cheap flights thanks to my mom. But I know a lot of people, especially nowadays, they're able to find some good deals online. There are so many pages like Skyscanner, Kayak.com, other pages where you can find those deals. And you can really fly, I think, like to New York. I flew from Florida for like $35 or LA to like $45. And wow. even to, yeah, those are really cheap flights. You can really find them. But then That's even crazy. to Europe. <laughs> It's crazy, but in, in Europe, even to Europe from the US, I think there are like flights for two, three hundred dollars one way. So it's it's possible to do it. Yeah, it's just a oh, matter, absolutely. I think, of preparation. So there are a lot of different ways to get affordable flights. Uh, part of it has to do with being flexible in your schedule. And I know that for a lot of people in the States anyway, we're not given too much vacation time. So that's a little harder. But right now is kind of the best time to buy flights because there are really good flight deals coming out of the pandemic. That said, I am not saying buy a flight now, go on a vacation mm -hmm. now. That's not an appropriate comment or suggestion that I would that I would ever make. However, if you take advantage of these deals and book for a few months out, uh, that could be a really great way for you to be able to um, take advantage of the cheap airfare as well as the cancellation policies that are in place. So right now, all of the airlines really care about your safety and they have awesome cancellation policies in place. So before you book your flight, make sure you check those airline policies. That's really, really important. Um, but a lot are having free cancellation combined with yeah. really good rates. So if there are any bucket list spots that you have, I recommend looking them up, see what they're like. Uh, kind of like you said, there are unbelievable rates to Europe right now. There are unbelievable mm -hmm. rates to some of Asia. Uh, even the Middle East, we got a great deal when we went to Dubai. And so... Um, now's the time to buy, but buy in the future, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially that the, you know, the flights and the, and the airlines are very flexible, just like you said. Exactly. I think that's number one thing. People can buy it right now and then can use those tickets pretty much later in the future. I think For that's sure. the best way to, to do it. But, you know, besides booking a plane ticket, which usually is the most expensive, right, uh, item, I guess, when it comes to traveling, most of the time people really spend a lot of money on hotels and restaurants and transportation in the place and their destination. Would you happen to have any travel hacks when it comes to traveling more, you know, on the affordable, more on a budget? Yeah, so a few different things. I did start off uh, as a budget traveler. Airfare was always and still is my most expensive uh, part of my trip. 
Um, there are a lot of really good deals on hotels. It just depends on what you're looking for. I've always used booking.com. Um, when I first began traveling, I stayed in hostels. So depending on who's listening right now, if that's something that you are open to, that is a very, very, very affordable way to travel the world because you could either get a shared room or a private room and it's going to be, it's going to be infinitely more affordable for you. And it's also going to give you a sense of camaraderie because hostels are a little more social. One of the other huge benefits to hostels that I found in my past travels is that you get access to a kitchen most of the time, uh, not as yes. much in Asia, but pretty much everywhere else in the world. And that's huge because if you eat out every night at a nice fancy restaurant, that adds up fast. Even if it's not a fancy restaurant, it adds up fast. So when I did the bulk of my travel years back, I actually cooked for myself most nights um, to ensure that I was really saving that money, but also for health reasons too, because then I'm in control of what I'm eating uh, from a health standpoint, which, you know, on the road, it's not as easy to exercise. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, I mean, I guess technically you're exercising through all the walking, stuff like that, but it's not the same way. And so right. it's a easy way to stay on diet, if that makes sense, and just eat a little cleaner. Yeah. And then coming out soon, actually, I am heading up a marketing department for a company called Centered Travel Wellness. It's a B2B private wellness marketplace. And um, it'll ultimately hope it'll ultimately be a benefit on some credit card companies through some employers, things like that. So stay on the lookout for that. Because We'll be giving you, you know, special centered rates for hotels, wellness activities, fitness studios, uh, healthy restaurants and everything like that. So moving forward, that's going to be a huge way to save money uh, while also focusing on wellness in your travel. So I'm really, really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, that's I think that's another episode we could talk about it totally about, you <laughs> know, credit cards and saving and all that. But yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then also, so I know you visited what is it, 115 countries right now. Am right. I right? Yeah, 115 countries. Very impressive number. And you've had some really unforgettable adventures from what I read on your page. So you were Definitely. paragliding through the Swiss Alps, you were trekking in Patagonia, you did bush camping in Botswana, uh, to just name a few. So yeah. you had some absolutely amazing, amazing trips around the world that a lot of people I'm sure would love to do it one day. With all of them, um, what would you be, what would you say was like one of your top moments, one of the, the top adventures that you had that was, that stayed in your, in your memory forever? You know, it's one of those. Definitely. So for me, the number one memory out of all those experiences uh, through all the 115 countries, all seven continents, everything like that, the number one memory is skydiving in New Zealand because I, so I had fear of flying for 10 years. Yes. And when I had that fear of flying, I had always said, um, you know, I'll go skydiving if I ever end up in New Zealand. And at the time I hadn't really traveled. I thought New Zealand yeah. was the farthest possible way from New York and that I was totally safe to be saying something like that. Fast forward, you know, however many years and I found myself in New Zealand so obviously I had to uh stick to my guns and jump out of an airplane in the prettiest place in the world and that's why that's a big reason I chose New Zealand because it's just so beautiful that I was like all right you know if I'm gonna get a bird's eye view of some place I want it to be the mountaintops of New Zealand and uh I pretty much was like almost crying uh leading up to getting onto that tiny little airplane the photo yeah. of me sitting on the edge of the plane is pure happiness. So I was just so excited to get out of the plane. You know, I did the skydive, everything like that. I landed. 
I ultimately uh, checked my calendar and I realized that by chance, that was the five year anniversary of me getting over my fear of flying. Wow, congrats. So thank you. So at the time that was so wild that it was five year anniversary to the day. Um, and that was solely chance. So it was a really exciting moment for me. And I don't know, it made me just reflect on everything that I'd accomplished at the time. I think New Zealand was like my 86th country. And so to have got or to have come so far since my fear of flying in a very short amount of time and celebrate unintentionally by jumping out of an, air, out of an airplane, which is something I never in a million years thought I do is pretty darn exciting. Yeah, I, I don't have fears of flights at all and heights I don't uh-huh. think so at least but then jumping out of a plane sounds too insane for me it's something I would never do it at least that's what I think right now but who knows maybe one day I'm gonna go to New Zealand and jump out of a plane you may like I mean I always say though the bungee I actually prefer bungee jumping I think that bungee jumping is one of the most thrilling exciting adrenaline inducing activities in the world and yeah. it's a little less daunting for me personally than jumping out of an airplane. I know it's a pretty heated debate between people. Um, it is. But yeah, would love to know what people thought. But for me, uh, personally, I prefer bungee jumping over skydiving, but that skydiving <laughs> memory will forever be ingrained. That's for sure. Number one memory, that's for Definitely. sure. Definitely. And then, so when, when you travel, when you travel so much around the world, one of the questions I have is how do you obtain visas when it comes to that? That's one of the things <laughs> I'm just very curious about because it takes a lot of preparation, I'm sure. It takes a lot of time and, and how, how do you do it? Yeah. So it takes a lot of prep pretty much, you know, uh-huh. I, in order, you know, it, it really depends on the size of your trip. You know, I've, most of my trips were big trip. So they took a lot of planning to the point where I had an itinerary for every single day for eight months of my travels. Um, and because I did that in advance, I was able to acquire the visas that I needed in advance. Um, that said, the US passport is very strong. So right. as a whole, there are not many visas that we need to get in advance in the consulate here. Um, you could see, I don't know, I don't know the exact number, but you could see probably three quarters of the world on either no visa or a visa on arrival. Yeah. Visa on arrival means you arrive, you pay a set fee at the airport and they give you your temporary visa. So most of the countries that I've visited have had that visa on arrival, which has really helped. Um, other countries like China, for instance, require um, a set visa to get done before you leave, which I didn't know when I went at the time and I ended up spending a week in Hong Kong trying to figure out how to get my Chinese visa. So uh, don't do what I did there. Um, Brazil is also another country I just know off the top of my head where I had to get a visa beforehand. It was a pretty easy process. I um, I was living in New York City at the time, so that definitely helped. But I just went to the Brazilian consulate. I gave them my passport with a pass with a visa photo. They took my passport for three weeks, gave it back to me, and I had my visa. Um, but again, all of that takes preparation. So if you're going on a last minute trip, which is really the trend these days, is last minute vacations, given the environment that we live in right now, um, I would recommend going to a country that is either visa free, depending on the passport that you have, or going to a country that has a visa on arrival, depending on the country that you have. It's really important right now to just check online, especially what's going on right now, right? With coronavirus, to make sure you get all the visas correct. Exactly. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is to land a new destination and find out you have the wrong visa and get sent home. So let's avoid that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then you also mentioned um, Eastern Europe. That's another thing I want to talk about just a little bit, uh, because you visited all those countries right over there where I grew up. 
And you visited Poland as well, right? Am I correct? Yes. Poland is actually one of the best places to fly into from New York. It has some of the cheapest flights. You heard so it. You heard it right Poland. here. You heard it on this podcast. <laughs> I have I have flown into Poland three separate times to start three big Europe trips, actually. Because every single time, Krakow is the cheapest, just happens to be the cheapest spot for me to fly. And it's also one of my favorite cities. So yeah. it's a win-win there for sure. It is. So that we have a pretty large community in, in the U.S. So people fly straight to either New York or Chicago. They can get those flights. Nice. Yeah, good flight. super easy. Um, and then, so one thing I just want to talk about, one of the last thing I want to talk about, your um, audience on on social media, your presence. Because I know as of right now, you currently have over 130,000 followers from around the world that follow mm -hmm. you on Instagram. And then, yeah, and I know a lot of people that listen also have their own Twitter. They have their own Instagram. They have their own Facebook Some people have their own YouTube channels and many of those people want to build their audience. They want to make sure that they grow and have, you know, some sort of significance in the world as well. If you could give us like three tips mm -hmm. on building a social media audience, what would that be from your own perspective and experience? Yeah. So the number one tip is to be authentic. It is really easy these, these days to try to follow in line with like what everybody else is doing. And because this person's doing this, I should do that. And yeah. the reality is if you're trying to fit into a mold that isn't you, well, if you're trying to fit in, into a mold, period, that's not really a good sign. You do need to pave your own path through authenticity. Nobody likes a fake account. Nobody likes everybody pretending that everything is amazing, amazing. always yeah. because that's okay. just not true. Um, and I mean, of course, we all have our side that we show on social media versus what happens behind the scenes. But being authentic and real, as in, if I follow you online, and I meet you in person, you seem like this, you're the same person. That's really important. Because the worst thing is when you follow somebody online, and you think they're really, really cool. And then you meet them in person. And they're like, nothing. Yeah. And like that's how it was when I met you. I remember when we met a few <laughs> weeks ago, I remember approaching, we talked very, very happy, very smiley. And I loved it. Very approachable. And I think that's the thing to do it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that's incredibly important to me and my brand. Um, I, and it goes for partnerships that I have. I've turned down many, many partnerships that weren't in line with me and my values. And yes, so that's, that's really important. important. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in money or brands or things like that, but you don't want to spam people with a brand that doesn't relate to you, your audience, or something that you would personally use just because you get a brand sponsorship. Like yeah. that's not, that's not the way to go. Um, so you need to be authentic in that way. You need to um, engage on the platform, which is hard because Instagram, for instance, is requiring a lot of time spent on the platform yeah. to engage these days. Uh, it was not that difficult <laughs> back when I started. Um, but engage with people's content, actually follow them, like their stuff, leave a comment if you have time. If you save it, that's awesome. Uh, if you send it to somebody, that's amazing. All really important to the algorithm. Um, And then number three, I would say is you have to be persistent because if you just yes. go to post, you know, once every three months or something like that, people are going to forget about you. And I hate to put it that bluntly. And I hate that about social media personally, but it's just the reality of what it is. You know, yeah. I can't change it. I wish I, I wish I could, but uh, you definitely have to get in front of your audience as much as you can. So and it's not know, just Instagram, right? We're talking about no, Twitter, Instagram, talking Twitter about YouTube. Facebook, YouTube, all of it. You have to, you have to be authentic. You have to engage and you have to be persistent in posting. Um, you can't just disappear and expect people to stick around or remember you and have the same engagement rate. And so uh, that consistency takes time and it takes persistence and it is not easy. 
but that's in reality the only way that accounts will grow these days yeah yeah so just the last question which is what is your next trip i'm just wondering when it comes to that my next trip i don't really have i don't have any uh i don't have any international trips planned right now because i am abiding by again all of the pandemic rules currently um my boyfriend and i have been snowboarding in florida for the winter for what? our family yeah so we're da- so we're down in southern florida and uh our families are up in connecticut though so we will be headed back there for the summer to go hang out with them and uh yeah re- reunite with them for the summer before uh yeah coming back down here next fall i'm sure there will be plenty of trips sprinkled in there um but as of right now for the first time in my life nothing is on the books wow Personally. but that said the travel content's still coming i've got a i've got huge amounts of backlog of stuff that you guys have never seen and uh it's not going anywhere it's the only reason nothing's on the books is solely because of the pandemic and kind of like how i said to you guys last minute trips are going to be the trend this year it's uh it's the same thing for me too yeah but at least it's a good time i think right now to just relax just enjoy a little bit of that definitely yeah absolutely yeah absolutely perfect awesome sarah thank you so much being on the podcast really appreciate it It was great catching up with you you. uh hopefully i will see you sometime soon maybe here in southern florida if you're gonna be around just make sure you just let me know uh we'll stay in touch i'm gonna make sure i'll follow up and then check on your instagram stories see what's happening and where your next trip's gonna be at great Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. Can you tell us also how everyone can find you on social media and just follow along your journey? Yeah, of course. So I'm the five foot traveler on Instagram, five foot traveler with the number on Twitter uh, and the five foot traveler on Facebook. And then of course, my website is the five foot traveler.com. All about five foot traveler. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'll catch you later. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, let your friends, let your family know, and also support me on Patreon. So for those who aren't too familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on -on one-on-one basis, a place where you can support my work, and get exclusive content I'll be sharing with you. This is where I'll be sharing my knowledge about travel, finance, by sharing posts, links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.